Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. For today's podcast, we're going to be addressing the recent volatility in crypto markets, in particular Bitcoin. And to do that, we're kindly joined by senior trader at Frederick and Oliver, Mark Kimsey. Mark, thank you very much for being on the podcast this morning. Thank you for having me. Good morning. So, Mark, before we get into Bitcoin and obviously the sharp move that we've been seeing recently, uh, for listeners that aren't familiar with Frederick and Oliver, would you be able to give us a bit of a background uh, to what you guys do? Yes, of course. Um, uh, Simply put, we're here to serve the retail investor community. Obviously, there's a lot of platform providers out there who will now give the retail investor access to all sorts of markets from shares to cryptos to index and FX trading. However, we have found that in recent years, these seem to be more and more platform only orientated with perhaps a a call center uh, support side operation. And we feel that the real stock market kind of old school stockbroker service uh, has disappeared from the market and people do like to discuss their trading ideas and perhaps get some feedback from a trading floor. And and we're looking to bring service back to the retail investor. So uh, hopefully that will be something that continues to be embraced. Fantastic. So as I said at the beginning, we're here today to talk about Bitcoin, Mark, and uh, we're seeing a bit of a rebound uh, today, looking at uh, the prices as we're recording, trading just above $21,000. That's something we'll discuss a little bit further on in the podcast. But let's just sort of look at the setting of of, of crypto and where we are uh, at this moment in time. And we're sort of looking at uh, a Bitcoin price which is down roughly 70% since uh, that, the high we saw back in November, down about 70 uh, percent in that short period. I mean, Mark, let's just talk now, if we may, about what you feel the drivers were for this sell-off. Of course, there's a lot of talk about uh, tech stocks and monetary policy and the tightening there. I mean, from your point of view, is that one of the main drivers in this uh, sell-off in, in crypto and Bitcoin? I think it is, Jonathan, and I also think it's been a a perfect storm for a sell-off where I I think all the planets have managed to align at once to to cause this uh, cataclysmic uh, rush for the door. Um, Firstly, if we go back prior to um, changes to monetary policy and, and such like, Um, let's not forget the spectacular rally we had in almost all markets from the COVID low of March 2020. So coming into this year, uh, we were looking at record high levels on many things, uh, a number of stocks, tech stocks, crypto assets, index values themselves. Everything was really trading at, at, at somewhat of a euphoric high. And from higher platforms uh, does come the potential for um, for, for sell-offs, and, and 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 they were they were certainly triggered um, across a number of of asset classes, and this was of course um, sparked probably by central banks uh, saying that they needed to get a grip with inflation and starting to raise those interest rates, which do typically impact 
technology stocks. And of course, I think we can push crypto into that technology space to a, t- to a degree. Um, and, and when you start to see those values decline, then investors sat on sizable profits, uh, had they invested prior to those rallies, then start to get a little twitchy, understandably so, uh, and, and want to book as much of that profit as possible. So you, you do get that fastest finger first mentality um, come into to the markets. And, and then things can very quickly snowball, you know, 5% falls, then 10% goes and then 15 and nobody wants to be left sort of holding the baby. So um, and with crypto being a riskier asset as well, I think with the declines seen in most uh, corners of the market, um, it, it was then a case of, well, if we are to see lower values moving forward, if there are reasons to be concerned, then perhaps I'm not so nervous about my Vodafone shares. I'll keep hold of those, but I will ditch this riskier thing that I've included in the portfolio, be it a crypto or an AIM stock or something of that nature. So, I mean, there was this school of thought at one point that maybe Bitcoin was a safe haven, uh, but that's really been dispelled in, uh, in in recent moves. Indeed, it's trading more like a high beta US tech stock. And, and of course, the tech stocks have, have fallen down, um, as you mentioned there, uh, due to tightening in monetary policy. I mean, just sort of staying on you know, the recent moves that we've seen and, and possible scenarios going forward, just as we've seen uh, crypto and Bitcoin fall with a tightening of, of monetary policy, now that we've seen significant hikes and, and may actually still uh, continue to see them, there there could well be a point in the, in the not too distant future where we start to see an easing once again. I mean, did, so just around that, uh, that subject there, do you think that's something that could spark a, a more substantial rally in, in Bitcoin and crypto? It could do, and and, and I don't know 100% where I sit with the rising of rates and the the impact it will have on inflation. Inflation seems to be very much a a supply-side issue rather than a demand-side issue. And what I mean by that is that prices at the pump are not going up because people are frequenting the petrol station three times a week and just can't buy enough petrol, nor prices in the supermarket are going up because people are now deciding to do three weekly shops instead of one. Um, It's all coming from from the supply side. I don't think anybody's spending money like they're a lottery winner at the moment. So I'm not entirely convinced um, of uh, of the outcome of this rate rising mission that the central banks seem to be on however that they are on it so we've we've got to trade what we've been given um one hopes that inflation does subside and then of course central banks will call their rate interest uh, their sorry their rate increases and and of course that should then start to appeal to people interested in technology stocks and therefore crypto assets, as, as it's been this hiking of rates that has, has really uh, impacted confidence in these sectors. So, Mark, let's have a look at the price. So we saw an all-time high of $69,000. And you know, if you look back historically in Bitcoin and, and other crypto assets, uh, 
crypto assets, but in particular Bitcoin, we tend to see a 80% decline from the all-time highs uh, down to a level where it builds a base. Now, from uh, that level of $69,000, that level will be around $14,000. We didn't quite go down to there. We went down to just beneath uh, that 18,000 uh, level. So that would suggest that maybe if we, if we look at that technical analysis and historical price movements, maybe we, we've, got it, we've got towards a bottom. But there, there's now a different element to, to Bitcoin, which there hasn't been before in some of the, the sharper declines that we've seen historically, in that there's a, a lot more in the way of infrastructure and the financial system built up around Bitcoin. So there's uh, collateralized loans that are out there. There's companies like Celsius that are offering uh, loans out. These companies have levels where there will be significant levels of margin calls for some of the loans that they've issued. Um, and sort of looking at some of the companies, some of the uh, the more high profile ones, MicroStrategy over in the United States uh, is one such companies. They had levels around the sort of 20,000 mark down to around 14,000, 13,000. I mean, if we get down to those levels with any real vigor, I mean, does that really sort of spell the end for Bitcoin being in, uh, you know, those sort of levels, 20, 30,000 plus? Because if they have sort of forced to sell in a disorderly market, that we could see a real crash. Or do you think we may have adverted, adverted that situation for now? I think truth be told, it's it's incredibly difficult for anybody to predict the the, the the future of of Bitcoin, and I think the reason being is it is still um, a, a, an asset class that's in its infancy. It still isn't thoroughly understood by many um, investors, both retail and professional. Um, nobody quite understands how it's going to be integrated into our financial system, if at all. How it'll be utilised in our everyday life, and so I would say that the the bulk of speculation around these asset classes is just simply based on the most volatility of price moves and probably a, a lot of the financial press of yesteryear um, making a, a song and dance about crypto millionaires. And, uh, you know, some of those were 18-year-old kids who put a few hundred bucks into something that nobody had ever heard of at low levels only to become filthy rich sometime later. So I, I think all of this has to be treated with uh, a, a, a huge um, element of respect, um, speculation. And I, I think that in terms of former values uh, and, and future values, it, it is very difficult to call. That said, um, people who are big in the space, professionally speaking, uh, and I'm talking about investment banks, city analysts, they are now starting to look at this as something that should be taken seriously. It was a bit of a, a cult classic, if we want to refer to, to it as that back in the day. Um, and it was dismissed by a lot of city professionals. But I think now there is an acceptance that there will be some sort of digital currency uh, to play a part in our lives in the future. And I think that landscape is, is still being moulded now. Um, there does seem to be some kind of chatter about Bitcoin being um, uh, worth 
looking at at 20,000, Ether or Ethereum at, at 1,000. But again, you know, one trying to conduct technical analysis on on these price moves will find it very difficult because the charts are very erratic, very unreliable, um, and again, still in their infancy. So um, it, it's still a, a highly speculative place to, to, to be. So, Mark, now let's look at a separation between investing in Bitcoin and trading um, Bitcoin and other cryptos in the the short term. I mean, which coins for you and in your line of business would stand out as the coins that uh, you'd probably point towards as ones that are suited towards a, a trader looking at shorter term moves in the crypto market? I think short you're right to you're right to distinguish between the the, the, the two types of people there, um, Jonathan. The two types of investor, because if you're investing for the longer term, what what you have on your side is time, and time can help flatten out any bumps in the road. So if you're somebody that believes that in the future, be that six months, a year, two, or or, or further out, that Bitcoin. Um, will be embraced, will be something that's here to stay, then buying around 20,000 could be a good level if in the future it's 30,000 or 40,000. Um, I'm, I'm throwing 50% and 100% upside around like there's no tomorrow in that statement. But Bitcoin was 30,000, I think, last week and 40,000 last month. So, you know, these, uh, these are prices seen very recently. But the point I'm trying to make is if you go in at 20,000, if it falls to 18 or 17 or 15, it doesn't really matter too much if your exit is 30,000, 40,000, because 20 would have been a, a, a decent entry point nonetheless. So you're, you're, you're waiting for, for, for time to help Bitcoin become established and then you reach your ultimate goal. And with that, you can be a little more um, lax on your entry price. It, 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 isn't, uh, it isn't super important that you pick bottoms and tops, which is you know, notoriously difficult to do. But if you're, a, if you're a trader, then you do have to be more spot on. You can't be so lackadaisical about uh, entry and exit prices um, and a good example of that would have been that last week one could have picked up Bitcoin at twenty one thousand, thinking that that was maybe somewhere near the bottom, only for the weekend to it to uh, to flirt with seventeen thousand um, before now coming back to twenty one thousand. Well, that's a a quick drop and return of twenty percent or so, and uh, depending upon your trade preferences, that could be enough to see you come out of a trade, lose money on a trade, and, and, and we're talking about those. Uh, those results being seen in just you know days. Um, so I, I think for the for the longer term holders, buying and, and sitting at this sort of level probably isn't a bad idea. For traders, you've got to pay a lot of attention to what's going on and be hands on, glued to the screen most of the time. That doesn't fit in with uh, a lot of people's uh, daily lives. As in terms of coins. Um, there are thousands out there now, but um, CNBC came up with a great stat this morning that said 90% of coins had fallen 90% in value recently during this crash. That didn't include Bitcoin and Ethereum. They fell by 70% or so. Um, but I would say to stay with the major coins is, is, is probably best. The, the, the lower down, like with stocks, if, if you do all of your investing at the aim end of the market, then there's more speculation, more risk 
at that end of the market. I think there's plenty of volatility in Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, you, you don't need to go uh, sort of scraping the barrel with the more speculative coins and tokens, in my opinion. So, Mark, Frederick and Oliver, one of your key uh, roles and services that you offer is obviously helping uh, traders and investors manage their risk. I mean, how are you working with investors and traders at the moment on the trading of cryptos? And, um, you know, what are the sort of main risk management uh, tools and, and suggestions that you're working on with your clients at the moment? Well, Firstly, we uh, I want to be clear on the service level that we provide, and we stop short of providing advice, and that's on 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 any asset class. If somebody wants to buy Vodafone or Bitcoin or the, you know the, a contract on the DAX, um, be my guest. We have access to to, to all markets and, and and all asset classes. Um, but what we do is provide um, a, a support service where we can. Um, chime in with information that could be influential to 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 the things that they're they're looking to trade so um for example if one wants to trade bitcoin at the moment then we would obviously make sure they're a hundred percent uh au fait with the risk we'd need to ensure that they're professional investors because quite rightly this isn't uh, available to every retail investor um we are keen to see uh, people use stop losses because there's just no telling where um, uh, where where these drops could could lead to. One could have bought at sixty nine thousand right at the top, um, hoping that it will go to a hundred thousand. And of course, uh, look where we are now at twenty thousand. So you you know you'd want to be looking to 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 cap those trades at somewhere near to that price. If you're in at sixty nine, do you call it a day at sixty five or sixty? You'd have to decide that. Um, you know, every client would be different in the amount of risk that they're looking to take. But I wouldn't leave a crypto trade open-ended in terms of risk. I'd want stop losses to be on there. Um, furthermore, something that we offer, which is um, not widely available in the crypto spaces, we offer short selling facilities as well. So if you had long exposure, which you wanted to maintain, but thought that a short term wobble would be too painful to endure, then you can open opposing short selling positions. Um, and, and in this regard, you would make money for every cent and dollar that it fell, which would offset losses you'd be sustaining on your long. So I think firstly, uh, ensure that you you stop losses and uh, also be trading with a short selling facility as well, just in case you require it. So Mark, just to finish off now, you've obviously touched on the access that you give professional investors to uh, crypto uh, trading products. Um, would you be able to just uh, summarise what the key benefits are of trading uh, crypto with uh, Frederick and Oliver? Sure. I, um, I I believe we've got one of the most compelling um, crypto CFD offerings uh, in the UK. Um, reason being, if you qualify as a professional investor, um, every position that you wish to undertake in the major coins can be achieved for 1% deposit. So if you wanted 100 grand's worth of Bitcoin, provided you've got uh, 1,000 pounds on your account, you'd be granted that position. So whereas many competitors are one for one, 
um, and, and you'd have to put up the full 100,000 for 100,000 worth of Bitcoin. Here, um, there's not the, necess uh, the necessity for you to tie up that capital. Um, as I mentioned before, we've got a short selling facility here as well that is uh, seldom seen in the crypto space. So if you felt like a coin could halve in value, that's an opportunity that can be seized and it can be used for hedging purposes as well. And of course, here, um, you know, we, we, we have a service that has won awards before um, for our interaction with retail investors. So it, it's not that you're left to your own devices or you struggle to get through to a call center. Um, here you get straight through to the trading floor and everybody here who answers the phone is able to give you some market color up-to-date information on what's going on in the markets and you can discuss your thoughts and and feelings with a with a human which is uh which is refresh refreshing i believe yes and in this day and age that seems to be a declining service uh mark so for everyone listening to this do check out the notes to the podcast because there'll be a recent report that frederick and oliver published where you'll be able to uh, download and get some more insights into the crypto markets and some of the scenarios that uh, that Mark has outlined there. And Mark, I believe your website uh, has some uh, access to information. Um, what's the uh, the web address for people to visit? Sure. Um, if anybody wants to visit the website, they can do at frederickandoliver.com. And on there, um, if they would like to navigate towards the research page, uh, they'll find their report library. And in there will be every report we've ever produced, which, uh, which are free to download. Uh, there's plenty in there from cryptos to um, equities, uh, both UK, US. So uh, lots of free resource on the website for, for people to get access to. Fantastic. So, Mark, thank you very much for joining the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. So just as a, a final note here, do check out the notes to this podcast. There'll be further information about the topics we've discussed as well as um, access to further information. Thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember, all investment involves risk.